Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, July 4th is coming up this week. Do you do any normal traditions for July 4th? Any fun stuff with your family or what do you do for July 4th? For July 4th, we typically argue about what we're going to do, and then someone ends <laughs> up unhappy. I mean, I think uh, 4th of July means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but uh, no, we don't really have any strong traditions. Uh, what about you? So July 4th is summer Thanksgiving for you, essentially. <laughs> yeah, you know, I told you, I'm totally into Festivus and the airing of grievances, <laughs> so I just want to rename like all the holidays like Festivus, like every day's Festivus. Oh. I love July 4th. It's one of my really? favorite holidays. Yeah. Summer. Well, tell me, I can, tell me why. Because I can eat my weight in watermelon, of course. There you so go. That's, there's one thing. And then there's always barbecues that you can always go to. And a lot of my, my old college friends, we, we have, there's a beat. One of our friends has a beach house that we can take the Edmonds Kingston ferry to. Oh, wow. And so that's sometimes a tradition, but now that everybody has kids and everything, I don't have kids personally, but everybody else has kids there. It's sort of hard to get to go to that beach house and, and do that. But you know, there's always going to be something and then there's always fireworks <clears> and, and then it's always a good time to hear Katy Perry's fireworks song. Right. Cause that's the only time that you can hear it. Yeah, that's true. Right. You know, it's, it's appropriate. Yeah, it's totally appropriate. I was thinking <laughs> that for as much water as there is around us, like where we live in the Seattle Puget Sound area, like mm -hmm. I need more friends with boats. So people, if you're listening and you have a boat and want to be friends, just putting it, <laughs> just putting it out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We're, we're looking for boats, guys. Okay. <laughs> No, everything, every, every place around King County now is, is basically banned all fireworks, right? Because yeah. when I was, when I was a kid, we used to go to the Indian reservation and left in Tulalip or, or up in Snoqualmie now. And you can just go to like Boomtown and just buy a hundred to $200 worth of fireworks and just yeah. light it off at from nine, 9 PM all the way to midnight. And you're mm -hmm. just like lighting off $200 worth of firecrackers, but yeah. you can't do that anymore. So I don't know. Don't you can know still do that with. on the res. You can still do that on the reservoir. Yes. Yeah. On the you res. have to stay there. It's like a war zone. There. It's like a war zone. <laughs> but I like, I like, I like firing them off in our elementary school. That was just kind of, Oh, fun. I know. Like, you know, we used to do that when I was a kid too. Yeah. On the basketball court on the asphalt. Well, we can't do that anymore. Now we have to go to, now we have to go and wait in parks and until 10 p.m. for fireworks to go off. But yeah, we still anyway, have poppets and sparklers though, but not the yeah. good sparklers, the junky ones right. that don't really sparkle. <laughs> All right. Well, our intro's gone long enough. Let's go down to the show. Welcome to Seattle Foodie Podcast. This is episode 42. We have several, several recaps. Monica, we drank a lot of wine this week. Which I don't mind personally because I'm more of a wine drink, wine and beer guy myself. So we had some pretty fun events, but let's um, talk about the road trip we made early up in the week. So mm. I'm going to take a song from Willie Nelson. So for all you millennials mm. that don't know, we're on the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. <laughs> Monica, we headed up north up to Bellingham to check out Acme Ice Cream's new factory facility. New. So this factory is beautiful filled with state-of-the-art ice cream equipment 
And the best part about the whole facility, they built it large enough for the anticipation of their ice cream production to expand through the years. So that's that's kind of cool to just kind of judge how they're going to be growing. And they just built it for the expansion. And um, yeah, they are probably going to blow up, especially around the Seattle area. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been um, a few years since I had Acme ice cream in Bellingham, which I have before. But it's funny as we just drive around town and we go to different businesses, Acme's everywhere. They're like everybody's yeah. partnered with them and using their products. And um, you're starting to see them more and more around the Seattle area. So that's great. Yep. So make sure if you're in the Seattle area, look for the red bicycle carts. They are throwing out samples at festivals and events. And we are going to have an interview later on about Acme ice cream. So just kind of put a little teaser out that out there for later on in the show. But yeah, I thought it was a great time. Um, I haven't been up in Bellingham in, in a while. So that was kind of fun for us to visit up there. Yeah, Monica, what'd you think? Yeah, um, I totally had a fun time. Um, it's, you know, not so far from from Seattle that we can't get around easily. Uh, although I have to admit, I kind of was tempted to just keep going for the border and going to Vancouver again. But uh, no, it's it's Bellingham's changed so much over the years. And it's always nice to go and uh, check out what's new. That was fun. That was definitely fun. All right, Monica, what's another event that we got to check out this week? As you mentioned, we've drank a lot of wine this week. And I figured out why you like wine, Nelson. It's because it's made of fruit. <laughs> you like yes, fruit. It is made of fermented grapes. That is correct. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we don't get, as, get to Canada as much as we'd like. But this week, we were lucky enough to attend an event hosted by the BC Wine Institute for a masterclass tasting and a winemaker's panel. And then there was also a wine and seafood multi-chef collaboration dinner at the Tom Douglas's uh, ballroom. So let's start with the masterclass. This was hosted by wine educator DJ Kearney. And, you know, she shared a lot of information about the growing regions in BC, which I'll be honest, I knew nothing about. So it truly was like really good education for me. And I love that the wines were all reasonably priced. I mean, I don't think any of the wines that they showed us was over like $45 Canadian. And, and so I think that even tasting them, there was like something for everyone. And, and so I really appreciated that accessibility. And there were a lot of luxurious pours that night. For me, I was a fan of the Old Vines Riesling from Tantalus Vineyards and the Bench 1775 Winery Whistler Riesling Ice Wine, because I love ice wine. It's just so beautifully sweet. Any favorite wines for you, Nelson? Well, I have two favorites. The first one was the Bench 1775 Winery Syrah that we mm. drank. The our, the winemaker from Bench 1775 got to sit with us at the table. So Val, yeah. yeah, Val was awesome. Loved talking to her. And you know how much I love Pinot. So the Quailsgate Winery Pinot, mm -hmm. 2017. Okanagan Valley, there's just a lot of wineries out there. And when I did, when I put out a story, I actually had several people that are from Canada that talked about, it was like, I can't believe you guys are talking about BC wines. It was like, it's so <laughs> awesome. It was like, we go there all the time in Okanagan Valley. And I was like, I have no idea where this place is, but I guess this is, this is like BC wine central. Yeah. And it's really interesting too. What we learned at the masterclass that if you look at the longitudinal lines, they are parallel to like Bordeaux in France and a lot of the winemaking countries in Europe too, as well. So that's kind of why it's kind of interesting to see mm -hmm. that they're showing that. I thought that was kind of the best visual that they had at the masterclass. No, for sure. In addition to all the lovely wines that we got to taste, I know Nelson, you were, <laughs> you were starting to wine drink. Oh wine man, tasting. I was, 
Yeah, it was. I couldn't hang at the end. There's too much wine poured. <laughs> There's way too much wine. There was. In, in terms of the food, my favorite bite was the scallop in clam ceviche with uh, avocado and asparagus salad, hot and sour rhubarb blaze, and pickled radish. I mean, I know that sounds like a lot of stuff, but that plate was so beautiful. Each ingredient so delicate and thoughtful. I just loved it. For me, that just was just summer fresh and seafood. Everything I wanted on a plate was there. Um, what was your favorite bite, Nelson? Probably the most beautiful dish was the organic ocean wild BC sockeye salmon mm. that was created by Chef Ned Bell. Mm -hmm. It had that roasted tomato and Syrah jam with those composition of beets. I've never paired beets with salmon before until this dish. So I thought that was very interesting. It had, had some complex flavors to it. That was probably my favorite dish out of all of them. Yeah, um, there were a lot of great dishes, even like some of the appetizers. Uh, we, we won't go into all of them because we have a limited time today, but I wasn't expecting the deep conversation we had about seafood sustainability, but I was really mm -hmm. glad that was at the forefront and that I love seafood. And I think I need to shift the way that I think about where seafood comes from and what it means um, to be sure that future generations can enjoy it as well. So um, I love how that topic was broached during the evening and how it just led over to our table conversations. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to BC Wines, Tom Douglas and Palace Ballroom for hosting the event. It was just a lot of fun. I was just I couldn't. And we met new friends too. So the Seattle, many new friends. Seattle Brew Barons for, for one. that They were fun. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, shout out to them. And yeah, lots of wine. I had to, I had to stop. I just had to stop. There's just so, there's just so much they're pouring out. I just, <laughs> I like I just can't. It's, it's, it's a Wednesday people. I can't, I can't do this. This is Wednesday. I still got to work. So you, you guys were doing the wine tasting <clears throat> and we're on like pour number four. And I look at Nelson and like three glasses are empty. And he's just like, I'm not even finished with the fourth one. And I'm just like, Nelson, <laughs> wine tasting, not I wine know. drinking. <laughs> so good. So good. You so guys. good. It was really good, though. That can, I couldn't stop drinking. That's why. So No, it was pretty good. All right. Well, speaking from BC Wine and the food experience in, on Wednesday, Monica, we went to another wine tasting on Saturday. And this was like rosé all day. Is that what the kids call it? Is that, was that what they say? Rosé all day? I think so. Yeah, I don't but know. I'm, I'm not a little kid, so I'm not. I'm, not a, I'm an old lady. <laughs> so you and I, with several of our foodie friends, attended the wine class at Claret Wine Bar out in Fremont, which was pretty fun. The class was called Skin Contact, and I, ha I'll be honest with you, I didn't quite understand what it meant by skin contact, so I had to ask the sommelier. But he told us it was about the grape skin, and that's what they're. And that's where they're going for. And we learned a lot about the rosé and wine in general by Claret Sommelier Chris Horn. He was not only knowledgeable, Monica, but absolutely hilarious, I think. I think he was just so funny. I think he was really funny, too. Um, you know, I, I have to say that, um, you know, it's not like I go to a lot of wine tasting, but I, it, it's good when people weave in information with, you know, some humor. And I thought he did a perfect job of that. He's excellent. Yes, I thought he was a really good presenter. And the end part, we even got books to take home with us signed. Monica, it was kind of fun. <laughs> we sampled eight different wines, including a mystery wine, which was kind of funny. My favorite out of them, though, was probably the Kelly Fox Maresh Vineyard Rosé. What did you think was, yours fa was your favorite? 
first I missed my book because I had to leave because I was still sick. So I was really <laughs> sad when I saw your stories and you were dancing around with your sign. Oh, you're sick. Like, you don't sound like it. No, I know. Right. I, you know, Annie <laughs> tells me that I have this really sexy voice. Um, sad to say the sexy voice is actually me being sick still. <laughs> but um, so anyway, I saw your stories. I'm just like, oh, you got a signed copy of the book. Um, I know. So totally jealous. That's number one. Um, in terms of my favorite, uh, my favorite had to be the mystery wine. Yeah, the, the mystery wine. You want to tell? <laughs> you, oh man! Uh, you want to okay. tell? You want to tell our listeners what the mystery wine was? <clears throat> okay, so the mystery wine, which they instructed us not to drink for a while, um, turns out it was uh, White Zinfandel <laughs> Sutter Home. Sutter Homes White Zinfandel that you can find at like a Seven yeah. Eleven. Um, so precious, so precious, so many memories mm-hmm. with that one brand. I can't even tell you. Um, yeah, that's one thing the kids will never know. White Zen, man, the memories. Okay, okay. So Monica liked the, I like the rosé, but Monica <laughs> likes the mystery wines. So in the future, if anybody wants to invite us to any wine tastings, feel free to invite, you know, you, you decide which who you want to invite to the, to the wine tastings. <laughs> The person that likes the Sutter Homes White Zinfandale or someone else. So you decide. <laughs> All right. Well, coming back to the Claret Wine Bar, I these classes are fun. This Chris Horn was hilarious. I and it was entertaining. I mean, at the end, I was just like, okay, this is this is good because a lot of times at these events, it's just like, okay, I was like, I we drank our wine, say goodbye, but people were just hanging out and still talking. The next class is on Saturday, July 27th, and it's called Pop Some Bubbles. Obviously, you'll probably be learning about champagne, Prosecco, and some other bubbly libations. And Monica, you can get the tickets at sevenrooms.com. They're $25. And you have there were lots of pours. They kept pouring after you finished your drinks, too. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. They, they were generous with pours. Um, mm-hmm. But that's also part of the fun, isn't it? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. That's the whole point. Okay. Last but not least, we got one more recap. We went out to Pike Place Market. Monica, tell us about that event. Yes. Uh, Tankard and Ton is part of the Pike Brewing family. Um, They've launched a walk-up window earlier this month, and you and I had a chance to stop by for lunch and to check it out. They have favorites like fish and chips and chowder that they serve in the restaurant, Uh, but they also have newer items at the walk-up window like chicken drums and corn dogs. And all right, everybody. So we've already put this out on the stories and said it publicly, but I have never liked corn dogs. Cannot remember a time in my life that I have ever liked corn dogs. So, you know, when they showed me a corn dog, I'm just like, I don't know, you know, I'll, I'll try it. Um, I love this corn dog and they use Bavarian meats and they hand dip them in just a beautifully tasty batter. So for me, I'm really looking forward to eating more of them. Um, Nelson, were there any highlights for you on this uh, lunch date? Well, I think the best part about this is that they serve fish and chips. Yeah. We got the halibut and chips, but they also had the cod and Mm -hmm. um, the salmon option too as well. But I think the fish and chips, I mean, if you're talking about Pie Place Market, right? You're talking about the farmer's market, you're talking about flowers, you're talking about fish. So Mm -hmm. what better way to get some nice fish and chips than to go over to Tanker and Ton at their walk-up window? Yeah. I think that was good. The other thing I really loved was that clam chowder. I mean, that had, there were tons of ingredients in that clam chowder. It wasn't just clams. It was, there's clams, there's salmon, there's some other fish in there too, as well. It was a very hearty, hearty chowder. Mm, I really love that. And corn dogs, Monica, I just, 
I don't know why you're my co-host. How, how could you not like corn dogs? It's it's one of the staples of my diet for myself. It's yeah, hot dogs yeah. in batter. It's so good. I know. Oh, hey, no. if any of you wine people are still listening about who to invite, <laughs> that, just just remember: Are you going to invite the guy who eats corn dogs? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's just maybe it's just you know people have always said I've never had the right one, and maybe that's true. I mean, you know, I've spent a lifetime just not liking them and kept trying them and trying them and never liked them. And I actually finally like this one and I, I love it. I do agree. I mean, it's it's enhanced because you're using Bavarian meats. So yeah. Bavarian meats is like high quality meats. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that's what really makes it a nice, really good corn dog. Is, yeah. Is that with that batter. So the walk up window, check it out at Tanker and Ton. You just go up and then you can also go out to the brew house deck too to eat it there too. I know. Well Did you know about it. that brew deck? No, I had no me idea either. that it was part of it. it. Me either. So you guys, I mean, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've been to Pike Brewing, to, to Tankard and Ton and been all up and down that piece of property that they're on like top to bottom, all the way down to the, to the production downstairs. I've never seen the brew deck, but it's this cute little spot just off the area, right off the window. And um, it's pretty quiet there. It's got pretty good lighting. Um, we're watching a world cup that day. Women's world cup. Yeah, yeah. Women's world cup. And it was just, just tucked out of the way. And what, like, what a cool spot. I love it. I think I'm going to start sneaking over there more often. Yeah, it's perfect. Perfect to watch a game. Mm-hmm. All right. Those are the recaps. And let's go ahead and move on to the events. Monica, you have a couple events. So I'll let you start it off. Okay. And because you, as people don't already know yet, start off as a street food and food truck blogger. So tell us about the Seattle Street Food Festival. Okay. You guys, Seattle Street Food Festival, July 7th, 6th and 7th. Actually, it's two days. The Seattle Street Food Festival returns with literally hundreds of food options, a craft beer festival, and Elysian Brewing big big bite music stage spread over five blocks in South Lake Union. So a couple of things are new this year. First of all, admission is free. That's not new. Um, so it's family friendly. Bring friends and family. Everybody can get into the festival. That's easy. For the beer garden, it's $5, and that will benefit the South Lake Union Chamber. I always say I'm going one day of the Street Food Festival, and I always end up going both days. I think in the last seven (laughs) years, I've only missed one of them, and that's because literally I was on a plane on vacation somewhere else. Nelson, I don't know if you've been to this one. This one has moved. It's it's been on Capitol Hill. It's been in South Lake Union. It's been, you know, in Fremont. Um, It's now in in South Lake Union. Um, Do you go to this one? I haven't been to this one yet. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't, I always miss it because it's on that July 4th weekend. Totally. Totally. I get it. And they've moved around the times over the years as well. They've sort of rebranded some of their festivals. I can, before I say anything, Monica, I, when you said that you're always wanting to go one day and then you end up going (laughs) both days, I thought when you said like, I always want to try to go one day, but I never can. I thought I didn't, I didn't know you were going in that direction (laughs) that you're going for two days. So Um, it must be really, really good if you're doing two days of it. It's pretty, um, it's, you know, if you're new to street food festivals, it's pretty overwhelming. I think um, it's it's a lot of vendors. Like I said, it's over a hundred street food vendors if you count everybody. Um, you know, for me, it's mostly because I know what I want and what I'm going to do, where I'm going to eat. So I often split them because some vendors will be there on Saturday and some will be there on Sunday and some both. So for me, I track the vendors that I want to see. I usually focus on ones that are not local, so I can't see all the time or that are making special dishes. So for Mm -hmm. example, 
uh, People of the Chubs is going to be there. So they're they're a well-known food truck, but they're not always on the street. Let's just be honest. So uh, they're going to be there with Philly cheesesteak flautas and likely a couple of other specials that I'm interested in. Spice Walla, since opening their storefront, they haven't been on the street that much. So they're going to be there with coffee rolls. And so I'll probably see them as well. Um, so I, I tend to focus a lot about what I want to do. So that's why I usually end up going two days, not just because I'm hungry, which is true. I am hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like people at Chubs because they're always changing their menu. Because every too. time I go, they always have different stuff that they're, yeah. they're serving. Yeah. and But I do have to say that I, I love those flautas. And so that's one of my favorites. So I love that they're coming. Hey, you guys, if you're looking to save a couple dollars, some vendors will be offering 20% off when you use Apple Pay. So that's something new. So if you uh, if you are considering using it, you might want to use it just for the discount. Um, lines might get long. So be like me, stay hydrated and um, bring purse snacks because I get hungry when I'm waiting in line. So, you know, there's always food in my purse. Um, I think last week when I was at Bacon Eggs and Kegs, I had like a cup full of of bacon and like two donuts in my purse so um <laughs> if you see me I, and get hungry i probably can take care of you <laughs> <laughs> so so all those times you tell me to put stuff in the purse it finally pays off is that is that, Nelson, is that what you're telling me there's all kinds of stuff in my purse all the time <laughs> <laughs> it's like hey you know Harry, here here's a movie one for you because i know you love this you uh -huh. know that one harry potter movie where hermione has that one really like and, you know, it's like this purse, but like if it's a house in it and she's got. All yeah, this yeah. Stuff. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. It's like the inspector gadget. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luggage. No, as you know, I, I know tons of Asians that carry those Tabasco sauces in their in their purse. It's like, oh, yeah, like just random. Let's just whip out a Tabasco sauce. Like, There's yeah. random things in my purse. Um, I, I do need to have a better go pack, though, like with wipes and things, because we get pretty messy when we're out there. Yeah. 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 I got to do like better. I feel like I we need to I need to carry like plastic forks or plastic forks and knives. I feel like maybe more knives than anything. I think I need to carry like, like um, more stoneware so that we yeah. can stage our food better. <laughs> And like a lazy Susan so we can spin because you guys, if you don't know, when we go out to dinner, like it's it's my job. Nelson makes me spin the plate <laughs> for the video. Yeah. So the I plate rotation. The plate yeah. rotation. We need a lady, lazy Susan. So if you guys like invent this really portable one, that'd be awesome. Uh, all right. <laughs> okay, Nelson, uh, what, what do you got yeah. for us? So beer in summer, right? I mean, it just goes perfectly. Summertime in Seattle Center. This Saturday is the Elysian Search Party. The cool thing about this event at the Elysian Search Party, Monica, 100% of the proceeds will go to benefit the Vera Project. Mm -hmm. And this event is going to be fun and filled with 40 plus beers from Elysian and other locals, uh, local food trucks and tons of live music. The headliner is The Darkness, and they will be going out at 9 p.m. But you'll also hear other bands like The Pink Parts, Black Pistol Fire, and the Murder City Devils. It is going to be rocking in Seattle Center from 2 to 10 p.m., Monica. Oh, my goodness. Nelson. In your purse, let's put a <laughs> gallon of water. Yeah. Because it's going to be hot and we're going to be drinking a lot of beers for hydration purposes. I was going to say, Nelson, I don't know if I can drink 40 beers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Challenge accepted. Let's <laughs> 40 go. beers. Let's I'm go. Just like, oh, man. It's kind of a lot. <laughs> Sounds... I think it's great. A hundred percent of the proceeds go to the Vera project. Mm -hmm. I mean, so guys, it's, it's going to be a fun event. It's going to be a great day, just great weekend and head over to Seattle center for this. Yep. Totally. Sounds like a lot of fun. And I think 
I just mentioned with the Seattle Street Food Festival, Legion Brewing is sponsoring their music stage as well. So mm-hmm. um, pretty exciting times, summertime, summer concerts. Grab a ra- Raspberry Whisper, right? Raspberry Whisper, yes. Yes, Raspberry Whisper. And um, yeah, just start listening to music. I don't even know these bands, but I'm, I'm just kind of excited to hear it. Me so, too. But yeah. you know, I think Raspberry Whisper really goes with my voice. So maybe that'll be my new my new thing, Raspberry Whisper. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last event. Finish it off, Monica. Okay. This, this is this sounds good. I like. I'm excited for this one. Yep. Hey, you guys. I love chicken and I love waffles and I know you do too. On July seventh, from ten a.m. to one p.m., Lowercase Brewing and Sisters and Brothers are teaming up for a collaboration. They'll be serving spent grain waffles and ESB maple syrup with Sisters and Brothers Nashville hot chicken tenders. So, um, if you haven't been to Sisters and Brothers and had their Nashville hot chicken. It's hot. Where have you been? Right? Where have well, you been, first of, first of all? Where have yeah. you been? And second, yeah, it's hella hot, so don't mess around. Um, but again, like I think this collaboration is great with neighbors in Georgetown and also the spent grain waffles and uh, the maple syrup. And don't forget there are beers on tap at Lowercase Brewing for you to wash it down with. So there's a lot of stuff happening. So a little sweet, a little spicy, and a little brewski. So chicken, waffles, and beer. Yeah. That sounds great. I know. That sounds awesome. Sounds perfect. perfect. Well, those are some events. I like it. I love the summer. Summer's great. I know you don't like the hot weather, but this is this is like perfect beer drinking weather. No, oh, man. And, that, and, and after drink all the wines, after all the drinking all the wines, yeah, perfect wine drinking weather too as well. Wine yeah. tasting, wine tasting. Wine tastings. Yeah. Wine drinking. No, wine drinking. <laughs> it's wine it's wine drinking. Let's let's just be serious about mm. that. It's wine drinking. Man, uh, I, I dream of ice wine, man. So good. <laughs> well, Monica, we do have an interview today. So let me start off with it. As I teased it earlier on in the show, we we're talking about Acme Ice Cream. And today's interview is with Aaron Frey, who is the CEO of Acme Ice Cream. Aaron has worked in multiple business sectors and she is now with Acme overseeing the growth of this company as they continue to introduce new flavors and expand across the United States. It's getting big, Monica. It's going to catch on. And here's our interview. Hey, Seattle. Monica and I are actually up here at Acme Ice Cream in Bellingham. And I'm sitting in front of us with Aaron Frey, CEO of Acme Ice Cream. How are you doing today? Happy you're here. We're Thanks. excited. It's ice cream season. Yes, very much so ice cream season. Yes. It's the summertime. It's a sunny day and the Northwest yeah. loves the best of Bellingham. Thank you for having us. We just went through the factory tour. Yes. It was very, very nice, organized, clean, beautiful. It's like, where all the magic happens. Yeah. All state-of-the-art equipment. Yes. Yeah. State-of-the-art. So let's go ahead and get started. We've talked about Acme Ice Cream before and what it's unique about it. One of the things you mentioned and Acme Ice Cream mentions is that it's called, it's no air ice cream or overrun ice cream. No, do you, yeah, no Do you air. mind elaborating that for us? Sure. Okay, so ice cream, if we remember how we make ice cream in the backyard with a a slow churn machine, Mm -hmm. that is no air ice cream. So when ice cream is sold commercially, um, it's sold through an antiquated system of pints and quarts. And what that means is it's sold by volume, not by weight. Okay. Everything else we buy is sold by net weight. 
So what that means is when other brands sell ice cream and they're selling it by a pint, they can pump it with air. So it's bloated with air, all mm -hmm. the way up to 51% air. And if you actually at 50%, you, you no longer call it ice cream. So we choose to not rip anybody off, mm -hmm. and we choose to um, practice the highest integrity of production and end result of ice cream by putting no air into it, Okay, if that makes sense. So the net result is it's this thicker, richer, creamier ice cream that when allowed to soften has a little a taffy-like pull mm -hmm. and it, it's extra creamy in that way. It's not just like a, a fluff thing that if it were to melt would end up half the pint. Yeah. Yeah. How did Acme Ice Cream decide they wanted to produce ice cream with no air. Okay, so our founder, who is dedicated to the highest quality food products possible, mm -hmm. and he is wanted to have for himself the ability to eat ice cream that had no air like his childhood or like, like as one used to do before commercial products. And so it was his kind of mandate, if you will, let's make the best ice cream possible. And sometimes people, when he first looked at doing it, perhaps with another co-packer, you know, they all said no. And our, their equipment couldn't actually run it. Mm -hmm. And so therefore we ended up making it in-house and hence Acme Ice Cream was born. And that's how you guys get started. That's how we got started. Mm -hmm. And we started very small, in, um, started in the town of Acme, which is a stone's throw from Bellingham mm -hmm. in a beautiful valley um, here in Whatcom County with the, the freshest, best, most fertile grass from which the cows eat to then make the best milk into and cream into which then makes the highest quality ice cream. Yeah. And we sold it locally. Um, we have a delivery uh, van that goes all over our county to every single point of uh, ice cream distribution. Um, and so we've been around for eight-ish years, eight or nine years. Mm -hmm. Through demand, basically, we recognize that we need to think about taking the next step into growing the company and giving it to more uh, hungry mouths. Yeah. And now all your ingredients are grown or used in from Whatcom County? Is okay, that that's a, such a great question. All of our ingredients that are possible to come from Whatcom County do. And then, and then the next one to the Pacific Northwest. So uh, Madagascar vanilla is comes right. from Madagascar <laughs> yes. because we don't have orchids growing in the upper canopies of the tropics. Mm -hmm. But for example, so all of our milk is single farm milk from Whatcom County delivered to us fresh, just a couple miles up the road. Mm -hmm. all, our, all of our berries that come from, uh, Whatcom County is the berry basket of the country yep. in raspberries. So we have cu cultivated relationships with berry growers that have the highest food quality of IQF frozen fruit. We have um, relationships with a berry farm, uh, a strawberry farm. We have mm -hmm. a relationship with blueberries. 
and we're exploring a range of berry products, a berry, uh, berry ice creams, yeah. to use more Whatcom County ingredients. Great. Mm -hmm. And how many current flavors does Acme have right now? Well, we have, I'll say, maybe 25 flavors wow. okay. that we have. Now, we sell those in, in the scoop shops that mm -hmm. rotate on a seasonal basis. Mm -hmm. So that way you would go in and there's a dipping cabinet right. and you'd get a scoop and a cup or a cone. We sell eight flavors in pints that we sell across the grocery stores. Mm -hmm. And so those flavors are, you want to know the flavors? Yeah, what are some of your best-selling flavors? Well, our best-selling flavor, I would say, is mint chocolate chip, uh -huh. followed by fudge brownie with our home-baked brownies yeah. with walnuts, and the butter pecan, which is a touch of southern And that's draw. my favorite. Is the it butter really? pecan was and my we favorite, toast, yes. we toast our, our pecans in-house, and we bake our brownies in-house. So those are those are our favorite. But people, some the strawberry uh, lovers say that this is the best strawberry ice cream they've ever had. And the reason for which is that because we have no air, there's so much more intensity of flavor in the mouth when you take a bite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any future ingredients you guys are wanting to try to experiment with or try to... Well, that's I, I love that you asked that. There's so many. Yeah. So in the shorter term right now, what we have on our radar, we, we've developed three holiday flavors, Ooh, okay. um, which is eggnog. We, are, we have had eggnog in our scoop shops, but mm -hmm. we're going to bring that to, gro to the grocery store. So we have eggnog, peppermint stick, Ooh. and peppermint stick chocolate chip. Mm -hmm. And those will be rolling out across the retailers in the Seattle and Portland markets, Oregon markets. We've got a firm commitments from Whole Foods that they want all three. Great. So we're excited about that. In addition to other uh, flavor rollouts, it are, um, we're going to explore a lot more of our native Whatcom County and Pacific Northwest berry crops. So we're already developing a number of them to be to revealed be in due course. Yeah. And we'll be, we'll be offering them in our scoop shops, mm -hmm. in Fairhaven and in Eat Local, in Seattle and uh, Queen Anne Hill, Broadway and Mercer Island. We will be online. We're, we're going to open an e-com store online in the next week. And so we'll offer our, our current flavors and in due course, our seasonal flavors. Great. Yeah. I can't wait for that eggnog. I'm a big eggnog fan, so anytime you can put anything in eggnog form, especially ice cream. Oh, I'm really? I think that. I might have one in the back oh. that I could give you. <laughs> <laughs> a little sneak peek. I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah. So you mentioned um, some things to come in for the upcoming year and season. Is there yeah. anything else that we can look forward to Acme ice cream in the future? Well, there, I mean, I mentioned what's on the radar right, right now. Radar, yeah. We have more than that, but I think it's a little bit early mm -hmm. to, um, to, to explain that because yeah. we're still um, tweaking it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing you a lot in the Seattle area. Yes. Yeah. We're in the Seattle area. We've got a whole marketing um, initiative where we've got these really cool ice cream carts on mm -hmm. tricycles with yeah. the umbrella. And we're going to a number of events like Zoo Tunes and mm -hmm. the Beer and Wine Fest yeah. and the Fremont Fair yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So we can get more people to uh, learn about the brand and taste it. And once yeah. you taste it, you realize that this is above the rest of the competition. Or, or, you know, every ice cream has something to offer, but what we offer is the ultimate experience mm -hmm. of it. 
Yeah. Monica and I saw you recently at Lamb Jam. Oh, you were? In Seattle. Yes. Yeah, we saw you there, and you put caviar on ice cream. Oh, yes. We were, <laughs> we, you know, it's interesting because that okay, Lamb Jam was such a great foodie event. Yes, it was. And put on by the Lamb Board and held in five cities on the same day. And so in Seattle, we had 16 celebrity chefs, as we know, mm -hmm. that each made their own lamb dish. And there was a competition for a winner. Mm -hmm. And so then there were other vendors that were also participating, including ourselves, that um, we were asked to be paired with a caviar company. And so we think, what are we going to do there to make it interesting? <laughs> yeah. So what I thought about creating then, how do you pair with caviar, is making a riff on a traditional blini mm -hmm. um, of caviar experience. So where you'd have your buckwheat pancake base, mm -hmm. we chose um, a waffle cone cookie base, and um, then we took uh, we made creme fraiche lemon zest ice yeah. cream, mm -hmm. where we kind of put an a small egg-shaped piece on top, and then the dollop of the caviar. And we got incredible response from all of the VIPs that were there, and we sold out as fast as we could. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, you brought us down a little bit of a yeah, taste. Yeah, we did. And let us try it. It and was very delicious. We also, at that event, paired with Aslan Brewery, mm -hmm. which we were asked to, to make kind of an ice cream float idea. Mm -hmm. So we took their coffee stout yep. and put a little dollop of vanilla bean in that, yeah. and people gobbled that up. Perfect. And we've got coming forward, we're going to participate as one of our many events is Proof, mm -hmm. which is with uh, Washington State Distillers. So we have been asked to pair with Seacrest um, Spirits, and they have offered us two rums, a coconut rum and a spiced rum. And so we're going to be offering a pairing with our Zabayone and our Amaretto ice creams because they kind of, they, they're very nice and woody and nutty and things. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Speaking of food, yes. I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. Okay. Because we're a foodie podcast. Yes. We always ask whoever we're interviewing, where are we uh -huh. eating? So yes. it can be in Seattle or it can be in Bellingham area. Tell us for the listeners some of your favorite places you like to go eat. Okay, well up in Bellingham I like to go to Aslan mm -hmm. or Boundary Bay. Yeah. Boundary um, Bay is a very popular place. I've been there many times. It's very popular. Yeah. It's, it's nice pub food, but it's fresh and um, northwest yeah. oriented. I love to go to Taylor Shellfish for mm -hmm. oysters. I often take on the way down to Seattle. We'll we'll drive the beautiful Chuckanut Drive mm -hmm. and then get um, a two dozen um, on ice mm -hmm. and bring them home and and serve them out for dinner that night. Yeah. My husband loves that. I do love the uh, walrus and the carpenter. Yeah. Um, up north, where kind of in North Lake area, I love uh, the new seaplane that opened mm. up. Okay. Uh, very nice wood-fired pizzas and things like that. I love spinace for oh, the yeah. homemade pasta. Yes. And I, there's various dive bars, dive faux bars and uh, Chinese uh spots that I go to in the international district yeah, too. I love it. I, we like to eat around the world. Perfect. Right? Yeah. Excellent. I love going to the, the Bellingham Taylor shellfish. Yeah. You can just order them and then just go walk out and just kind of exactly out there. And it and it's just you feel out really it's the uh, Samish Sea, but yeah. a great part of Puget Sound. Yeah. And eating the fresh, juicy oysters. Yeah. 
Yeah. Perfect. Salty brine. All right. Uh-huh. Thank you so much, Erin. Tell us, for our listeners, once again, where can you find Acme Ice Cream? Okay, well, Acme Ice Cream, you can find it anywhere and any point of distribution in Bellingham stores and gas stations alike. But in Seattle Market, you can find us at New Seasons, All Town and Countries, All Eat Local Stores, and Met Market, Whole Foods, Central Market, which is part of the Town and Country mm -hmm. Markets, and All Hagen Stores. Perfect. Yeah, and then a lot, a lot of independent stores as well. Yeah. And we are... Um, we are continuing to roll out to more independent stores um, down across the Oregon coast Great. as well. Yeah. So that's a big thing for us to debut, if you will. Yeah. And we are so grateful for this very positive reception Absolutely. of all the consumers. I, we like seeing the smiles on their faces and saying, where can I get more? Yeah. I love seeing just around Seattle. It's like, oh, there's Acme ice cream. It's like here and there. Yeah. yeah. That's right, isn't it? Perfect. I love how, how you guys are just expanding your growth. That's well, thank you. Cool. And thank you for putting a spotlight on us yeah. and letting us share our story. And thank you for having us. Absolutely. Perfect. And that was our interview with Aaron Frey of Acme Ice Cream. Guys, don't forget to look out for that red bicycle that's handing out sample cups at all the events in Seattle. They're handing them out and the ice cream. They're, I mean, if you get like a strawberry or pe butter pecan flavor, golden. You're good. All right, Monica, that's pretty much our show for today. How you feeling? You made it. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm just thinking yeah. maybe I need more wine and um, I'll be good. Sort of bummed next week I'm not going to hear the sexy voice. As call it. <laughs> you know, I've been recording all of my outgoing voice messages with this voice just so I can save it. Heck yeah. <laughs> deeper than mine right now. Actually, it's deeper than mine in general, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I have to work on my falsetto. Yeah, that's not that All right. So I won't be invited to your July 4th summer party then, I guess. No. Because I, I don't really want drama and I don't want a lot of arguing, so... I guess I'll uh, have to barbecue on my own. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, well, we have the famous, you know, beach family barbecue later on uh, before yeah. the summer ends. So that's usually the one where we, we save the smiles, the happy faces okay. for. So um, folks are welcome okay. at that one. <laughs> well, to, to everybody else, to everybody else, have a wonderful <laughs> July 4th. Eat lots of watermelon. Do lots of barbecue. Have a great time. Fire up those sparklers and happy eating, Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at Seattle Foodie Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.